Welcome to On the Other Side, where we talk crypto, culture, and society, and explore what the world might look like on the other side of Web3 adoption. Before we hop into the show, a quick thank you to the sponsors that make this episode possible. On this show, we talk all about the human side of Web3 and the philosophy around Web3, but when you're ready to get your hands dirty, Rabbit Hole is the place to go. Rabbit Hole curates all of the wildness of Web3 into one simple place where users can go to be directed towards positive sum protocols and build their skill set as they do it. You can check it out at rabbithole.gg. Thank you, Rabbit Hole, for sponsoring On the Other Side. All right, let's hop into the show. I am here with Reika and LDF, who are two of some of my favorite builders in the space. I'm so excited to have you both on today. Thank you for coming on. Thanks Thank for, having so for having us. We're we're so excited to be here and already talking over each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a mess. It's gonna be chaotic as it should be on brand. Yes, I absolutely love that. And I love that you have an excuse to be absolutely as chaotic as you want to be now because it's just proliferating your meme, which is so fun. Um, I guess before we dive into chaos and co-creation and all of the things, maybe you can each give a little bit of background on you. So maybe we can start with Reka and then LDF. Okay, I'll go first. Um, so hi, I'm Reka. Um, a little bit of intro. I'm really fascinated by how relationships form on the internet in regards to social algorithms, social media websites, and all these different types of inputs that we're working with on a daily basis. And, you know, that's a very juicy spot for all types of creation to begin. If it's a community, if it's content, if it's, you know, art or of any form that is coming from these relationships. And I've grown up on the internet, so that's very spot on for me to be diving really deep into this right now. Um, yeah, I'm the founder of Guild XYZ, so I get to work with communities all the time who are living on the internet. So that is also a very nice outlet. But this that I'm doing with LDF with Chaos has been a really good spot for me to go deeper in my social media ventures and just find ways to empower others to to be very inspired and confident in creating on the internet and move around between tools and abuse them. I love it. And I am LDF. I chaotically call myself the chief GM officer of the open metaverse, or at least I have for the past, uh, at least my crypto journey um, prior to kind of diving into the world of self-sovereign identity and platformless communities. I actually worked in Big Bad Web 2, observing how communities formed and grew around creators on different platforms and how much value individual users were bringing to these different internet silos. And so have always been interested in how individuals can take and port that reputation that they're accruing in different places across the internet and really leverage that to build friendships, to build companies, to build value online. And so chaos has kind of been an outlet for me to experiment and play with some of the new tools that are getting created both within the Web3 ecosystem and outside. Um, because when I found Web3 and crypto, it really felt like I was 
exploring a new paradigm for which I was already really hoping that the internet would move towards and that I didn't necessarily see a path forward for existing platforms to change themselves enough to be able to take advantage of things like co-creation and co-ownership. So very excited to discuss today um, about what that journey's looked like, what Reika and I have found by just really diving in and um, playing with this stuff firsthand and what we're excited about for the future. I love that. I am so excited to jam on all of these things. And you both kind of touched on chaos as a project. It might be helpful to just give an overview and maybe a little bit of of an origin story of where chaos came from and generally what you're both hoping to do with the project. This is where it becomes who answers the questions. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I I could start. So we had, initially, LDF and I have found each other on the internet as we've been living our internet journey for the past two years, pretty like getting closer to each other without like knowing of each other. But, you know, over time, it became very, very apparent that we're super close in interests, in friend groups, in projects that we're working with, in as it turns out, vision of what we want to focus our working hours on and our spare time on. So we decided to, okay, let's just, I've already been co-writing with other people. I was like, yes, she understands. I want to do something with her. And so we just started co-writing and it turned out to be a really long article. So we were like, oh, wait, we have like three video calls about it. And it turned into a three piece series about, this experiment somehow during our writing sessions it turned into this whole experiment because we just couldn't stop we had so many things we wanted (laughs) to do we just couldn't stop figuring it out so it turned out to be a three-piece series on our mirror and continuing into this three-month experiment um, where we discover how we can inspire people to use the tools that are being incubated in web3 and with a very heavy focus on actually having fun and experimenting with them So it was really fun because it was one of those very organic experiences where, yeah, we were kind of discussing the idea of individuals bumping into each other in these small group spaces like Telegram chats, like random Discord servers. And then we actually went in and compared our own kind of just, I guess, map. And we found we were in like 20 different Telegram chats as each other we we shared like 17 discord servers i'm not even frequent in more than two or three discord servers we had like 150 mutual followers at the time it was just um there were all these little breadcrumbs that were real representations of the the kinds of things we were looking to see within communities or strong communities um whether those were represented on chain off chain regardless it was fun to just dissect our own experiences because people had kind of been pushing us together in one way shape or form like you guys would be friends or hey i had i had read things that reika had written i had watched her kind of present we had seen how each other share memes and participate in things like the joke race and so it was really about kind of chronological I don't know how to say that word, but uh, basically (laughs) documenting our experience, getting to the point that we even wanted to write something together or explore kind of our thoughts on how the ecosystem was evolving. 
And so as Rika mentioned, like what was supposed to be an article turned into kind of this deeper experiment. And then we were already sending each other so many different tools or conversations that we were having. And so it just made sense to put kind of like a finite date on something that we could actually play around with. Um, to test out a bunch of the theories that we wanted to see other people take on, but weren't necessarily seeing. And so we just decided to kind of take matters into our own hands. <laughs> we were in these like chat, we, our Telegram chat is like a really big notes app. And to some extent, we were like, wait, we should be recording this or we should be <laughs> like making content about this because uh, both LBF and I have been through multiple different types of like Web2 social media creation journeys already. And through us discovering how many commonalities we have and how many things that are interesting for us we share and how this like one piece thing turned into three and then recordings and then everything, we realized, okay, so why not make this a learning and public experiment and teach everyone else how we started co-creating? Because we also realized like this is the thing, like this is not in existence. People don't know how or are very afraid to like start doing things with other people and and work closer with them, even though they share so much of their internet journey and these breadcrumbs that LDF mentioned that we already shared, we discovered that like quite deep into our conversations. But if we were to expose that and people would find it easier to, you know, discover this about these other person that they just encountered on the internet and started creating together, we could have so much more um, like very individual, very curated types of content and we discovered that co-creation is not as easy as it should be and we want to know why and we want to know what tools are not working and why they're not working and how to share an account without just sharing the password although that works but you know why isn't there a different solution and stuff like that so <laughs> we got really deep into the rabbit hole and we just figured okay we could record almost all of this and then share it with this group of people that we know are out there because we also found each other. So we're assuming there's a very big group of people that are interested in how Web3 media and communities and kind of this like curation and content and co-creation overlap in the next year or so and want to discover with us how to get this ball rolling and make this even better. So And have yeah. fun. We really want some. <laughs> fun in Web3 already. <laughs> Most importantly, have fun. Yeah, I feel like more broadly, I guess, just to kind of give it a definition, it seems like chaos is this really interesting exploration where you've kind of put like a cap, like you both mentioned, I think it's three months, on this project where you basically explore co-creation and what it means to evolve um, or I suppose co-create alongside another person with like this focus on Web3. Is that a fair way to, to sort of capture the essence of what you're doing, at least the way you would describe it in this moment? I think so. Yeah. I think the one addition to that I would mention is just the idea that um, we really wanted to use and a 
as Rika says, abuse Web3 tools <laughs> to try and accomplish this goal. So while we are using things like YouTube and Substack to distribute some of these recordings that we've mentioned, um, the goal is to obviously give feedback both to founders and people that are building products right now um, for use cases that aren't necessarily being vocalized through actual use. I think a lot of people bring up the idea of creators being kind of a target audience for Web3 native tooling, but a lot of times we do default back to either future of work and DAOs and like, or the complete other end of the spectrum, which is like this social collaborative um, individual journey of like digital identity. And so we kind of wanted to sit in between those two worlds by trying to do things like cultivate a community across platforms, try and have a better understanding of audience analytics without relying on things like YouTube or, or other platforms. And then as we're kind of exploring that, again, give that feedback to people that are building in Web3 to figure out what those superpowers are that Web2 platforms cannot do. Because we see a lot of people focused either on recreating web two systems with crypto rails or trying to project so far into the future that we're just not ready to handle things like, I don't know, passport data. <laughs> um, and so this sweet middle ground of like Rekha said, that fun kind of sitting in between work and play, being able to prove that you can create value with people that have interests that are aligned with you without all of this, kind of like structure and planning and legal entities and monetization models and incentive structures, like you don't need all of that to get started. And so for us, it was just about showing that rather than telling people that over and over again. <laughs> yeah. And we're also in such a fortunate position that we are also, you know, have been Web2 social creators and also are Web3 builders right now. And we're very, very privileged to have connections to these builders and we can just dm a lot of them and we're in private alphas we're in private betas for these products that should be or are made for creators of the you know next few years and so we can get this very behind the scenes early access and we have this opportunity to give them super early feedback of what it feels like from a Web3 native builder and a creator, what is missing from this product and also where it should be going so that more people will enjoy it and benefit from it in the future. While also, you know, I don't know, like mixing the two worlds is kind of really nice for us. And, and we can showcase, give like a behind the scenes view of these tools to the people who are not as fortunate to DM these founders right now and get access next week or something. So we also want to, kind of decentralize this this position <laughs> and also without it feeling like work right like I think one of the points we brought up as we were going through this exploration and something Chase you and I have actually talked about which is this idea that we want to do cool things with our friends right and so it's nice to step outside your kind of day-to-day -day job and role and like the platform that you're building or the the yeah, the, the sales pitch that you're used to and actually just be a participant. Um, and so Chase, I think I use the words with you, like an excuse to do something together, right? Like we don't need to have a legal document that says we have a partnership between the two companies that we're working with in order to be able to produce value. And so, yeah, that's, that's been kind of like the crux of it too. 
Mm. Yeah, and I guess in that context, I'm curious how you define co-creation because when you talk about things like not needing to have these legal structures and just being able to jump into it and play and co-create, there is this interesting world in which like, you know, working at a company alongside other employees is co-creation in some capacity. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot more structured. And so I'm curious how you guys define co-creation in this context and maybe in Web3 more broadly. I think that's a really interesting point and something that I spend a lot of time thinking about with regards to like, what is an individual? What is an organization? What does like ownership look like? To your point, two individuals creating something at a company might be co-creating by definition but the value that gets created already has a very clear structure in terms of how that value is reallocated back to the people that created the thing. Um, And a legal structure is going to be needed for a lot of the stuff that right now I'm describing as just jump in and just do it. Um, And I think you pointed this out uh, another time, but it requires a lot of trust. It requires a lot of context. It requires a lot of, um, navigation both like socially professionally because we don't have these structures built but what i was seeing happen was us try to build structures without the things to populate the structures and then it just becomes this speculative game of like how do we allocate ownership and it's like ownership of what like you haven't even made anything yet (laughs) and so um because reka and i have the uh, again like the ability to step back from we're not pitching this to investors we don't have the deadlines that a company might have we can figure out what that looks like after the fact where if we do create something valuable, we had fun and that was kind of the the primary goal for it. It's the really nice reason why we're not super focused on the analytics piece right now because we are experimenting. Um, I'd rather be proven wrong that a, a platform that I thought wasn't going to be super successful actually ends up driving a ton of value for us. Um, and so just having the ability to kind of like play and do things for the sake of doing them, whether it's learning new tools, whether it's spending time together, whether it's um, just discussing ideas that I otherwise would sit in my house and drive myself crazy thinking about, like that's, that's enough value. And so everything else becomes kind of secondary. Mm. And we also found, and we truly believe that the internet has been built for this shared experience or togetherness or collectives, like individuals in these collectives as well, but naturally individuals, you know, form relationships and those become collectives and form of communities. So yeah, like LDF is saying, we re- need to take a step back and find out how these like small connections are being built because we are building tech for them inherently. Like the tech ideally is only connecting the humans and makes the interaction smoother or the delivery and the output better and more automated. So it takes less time. But to figure that out, we need to work on, you know, what's available right now, find the gaps and where the audience mismatches are happening right now with the products that are available. So for us, what we're co-creating and yeah, like you're saying, a company and the employees within are also co-creating. When you're on the phone with your mom, you're also co-creating in a way. So like if there's, when you're like 
doing a painting with another person, which is very <laughs> rare, but you could. That's also co-creation. So there's a lot of different aspects. For us, it's very digital. Since LDF and I live on different continents, it's transcending time zones <laughs> and everything. <laughs> um, but for us, we really want to find out how to create the most amount of content, engage the most with an audience, and essentially be the most effective production of of content as possible while also managing the community and while also having full-time jobs so right now that is kind of one of the goals and how our form of co-creation is manifesting in writing and long-form video and short-form videos and some audiograms that's our our way of of co-creating right now I think the thing we're really excited for too is the idea that to your point like right now we started with the two of us because it's easy for us to coordinate, right? Again, we have a lot of shared context. We have a lot of shared strengths, a lot of shared interests, a lot of like trust that's built up over this time. But we're really excited for pushing the boundaries of what this co-creation means. Like Rega said, I think even people commenting on tweets, liking, engagement, that is a form of co-creation. We see this a lot with like remix culture, memes being created, clips, like there's so much potential, especially when you're cultivating kind of like a community instead of an audience to co-create with the people in your network. Um, even if that doesn't necessarily manifest in a written article or a video together, like I don't need to get on a Zoom call with 50 people and record a video in order to take their expertise into account and not simply have kind of this one way transactional form of content creation. Yeah, I think there's something really interesting about exploring this idea of what co-creation looks like on a community level. And like, it does kind of make me wonder, you know, what about Web3 uniquely enables some of this stuff? I think MetaLabel and like Yancey Strickler uh, mm -hmm. have some really interesting ideas around this. And I think more broadly, there are a few people in the space who have spoken about this around like this idea of having like an ownership layer built into communities in some cases actually does enable co-creation, uh, partially just because like creating is a vulnerable thing to do. And so knowing that you are going to own at least part of your creation, if it ends up being valuable, does kind of feel like this interesting foundation that, that almost like unlocks creativity in an interesting way because you don't have to feel protective or worried about being exploited, at least in theory. In practice, of course, that's a little bit different. Always. But it is interesting on the other side of that, to your point, like, I think we, we have these extreme examples of like a company, right? So I used to work at Facebook. And I remember how many people would reach out to me about things that had absolutely nothing to do with my day to day job, what I was working on my area of expertise, things I didn't even know were happening at all or like random dms being like can you help me get my instagram set back up and so this uh diffusion of responsibility or kind of like this collective identity around an entity where you do not feel like an individual that's participating in co-creation with other people i think is really interesting in particular in web3 as we start to kind of define an organization as a makeup of the people that are collaborating together as opposed to kind of this like umbrella brand that's faceless and has kind of like 
no real responsibility other than to maybe the CEO who's very forward facing. Um, so it's, I, I feel like we're unlocking a lot more of the gray area in between going out on your own and being an individual and something like that. <laughs> mm. And I feel like on the other end of co-creation where the content lives or the publication side, Web3 has such superpowers to offer to creators or potentially, hopefully that's what we're also trying to push and discover on the side of pulling together, publishing, cross-posting at the same time from a one source so that creators don't spend an hour just cross-posting on three different short-form video sites like TikTok, Shorts, Instagram Reels, Twitter, and everywhere else where you post a short video. You could post it from one source. This could be fully available, ideally, with what we're building in Web3 or pulling in analytics from where your audience is spread out across some different platforms to one source again. So you actually have some sense of who is actually consuming your content and how you can better uh, advertise for them. Or if it's something like um, creating these like different curated granular pieces within this audience and community, and you can way better target content for them that they more would enjoy. And not just for an advertisement purpose or not just for monetization, this will fully enable way better um, what is that? Like enjoyment in the space and enjoyment of content. So you could have way better targeted and suited and and yeah, manufactured pieces for the specific audience, which is very, very unique. And not even the giants like Facebook ads or Google can make that happen yet. Uh, in a way they can, but you know, it's not the level that Web3 could embody or give to these creators. Yeah, I think when we say ownership, um, a lot of times we jump very quickly to financial ownership. And I think what we're kind of describing is this ultimate kind of control over your own digital footprint, honestly. And so as we mentioned, these different flavors of co-creation, whether it's you signaling interest in a post by liking it or saving it to your bookmarks or remixing what someone else has done on TikTok or taking a clip of someone else's YouTube video or transcribing. Chase, I think someone did take your podcast, right? And transcribe the audio into like a written version, or they were at least talking about it. So giving mm -hmm. more, I think, autonomy to the people that are consuming the content because you can keep the integrity of where it came from in the first place. And so the people who are creating can focus a little bit more on what, what is actually adding value, not only to themselves, like right now I could go learn how to cook to become a cooking creator, because I think that's an area that could grow. But like, is that going to make me happy? And am I going to do the best job at that? Probably not, unless I'm actually interested in cooking. So if I can focus on the areas that I really want to deep dive into that I have a, a hyper interest that I'm exploring and let other people um, engage with that content in another way that they see fit, they're adding value to me and my ecosystem. They're signaling the fact that I added value to theirs. And now we have this beautiful kind of like growing repository of information that other people are adding into because we can do things like resolve who wrote 
part of an article or like have an NFT of a video that can be distributed into who knows how many different forms while retaining that kind of like attribution across the internet, regardless of where it was posted for the first time or what uh, streaming service we use to record it in the first place. Mm. Or give like small bits and pieces of rewards or credentials to people who participated at a certain time at a certain part of this whole creation journey and have way more depth of this audience and actually be able to better own it yourself as the creator. But like LDF is saying that the community, the audience can actually better own the content you're creating for them because they mm. have a better sense of ownership over it because it's so curated for them and they know that. And it's like kind of a more transparent relationship. It's not as financialized. It's like way more open, fun and a conversation instead of being just a transaction or, you know, just views or just engagement. Like how you can clip videos now on YouTube and Twitch so if a creator spends an hour creating a con creating a big piece of like live stream content, the audience and then can go and decide which one minute or 10 seconds were the most valuable pieces of it that I wish other people would see from this. They might even get rewarded for that, even with just a little badge or a little credential, whatever, but it builds their reputation as well. And it also this gives this proliferation that LDF was expanding on for this content, the most valuable pieces of it. Mm. Yeah, I think there's an interesting dynamic here as well around like my brain is going in two different places because I feel like you guys are really pulling on two different strings. One is co-creation and one is just like uh, being creators in general and exploring that. And so I feel like my mind is going in those two different directions. But on the co-creation level, I think one of the interesting elements here when we talk about ownership and bringing um, sort of like transitioning from audiences, which I think we'll probably still exist in Web3, but I think like the Web3 native model is much more like community and this level of ownership that I think you guys are touching on. Um, I do think there's something interesting here about like, you know, being a solo creator. <laughs> I don't know if that's really the right word to use. Like That's like <laughs> when people say like solo entrepreneur, but um, at, as much as it's challenging, it also does provide a lot of control over the content that you create. And I think sometimes when it comes to things like curation and all of that, it can be useful to have that level of control. And it does feel like you do give some of that up when you do this, like when you engage in co-creation, whether it's co-creation between you and a friend, which I think you probably still have a lot of control over, or co-creation between you and a community, which I think you do sort of give up some control. And so I'm curious how you're both thinking about navigating you know, the the relinquishing of control in the realm of curation and creation. It's interesting that you say that. And we're glad that you, bring the, or you brought this up because um, we just wrote a piece about like how to get started with co-creation. And like a third of it is just about this of like, how do you stop being such a control freak about what you've <laughs> created? If it's, if it's a written piece of content or, or audio or anything, um, it's very, very hard, and I have to tell you that it's a big decision that you're making to involve another person, even for the sake of editing, because that, you know, it has a way back. You don't, like, lose that content, but somebody helps and puts their little fingers on your baby. But if you <laughs> let go of this fear, I feel like co-creation, at least for me, um, credentials here, I've written co-written with, like, seven, eight people and video about two 
which is not a lot, but it's enough experience that I can say that not everybody's the same. So you do have to find your kind of person that you're trusting and have a similar style and taste and interest and everything. But co-creation, value add. Here we go. One is you have a person when you're stuck with creating something, they like nudge you because they know they're not going to be stuck on the same thing as you are. So they give you no more writer's block or creative block or anything, what you want to call it. They will jump in, take over and push the piece, the push this creation into a version that you could have never imagined they go because you only have one mind and one POV. That's one. So no more creator's block. The editing process is much, much faster because you can share it. And if you trust this person's judgment, they're going to recognize your typos, the unnecessary sentences. It works. I've seen a lot of people add multiple editors to one written content as well. Um, And then it also becomes much more juicy if it's like a think piece or something educational or inspirational, this person is going to add at least a few more points to your piece because as I was saying, you only have one POV and this person can figure out slash, you know, add multiple sides to the story, even just take away a point if they think that's unnecessary, but add multiple parts. So your content inherently becomes catered to even larger audience and has bigger value driven. And the last point, I think this is the fourth, is the reach is way better. So as you being an individual creator, you only have this much amount of reach on all of your platforms. But if it's two people having, you know, 50-50 or a changing amount of ratios that you've put into this piece, into this video, into this whatever it is, you have twice as much reach. So it's not, if you want your content, your creation, your new child to go really and do really, really well. It Honestly, these four points are almost like solving a lot of what creators are uh, sad about sometimes. What I've been <laughs> sad about as a person who's been creating solo for a while is you don't have the accountability partner, you don't have the reach, you don't have new ideas to add, you have creative blocks and you know all of that. So this helps, I swear. But you do have to build <laughs> a few people to find the person that you trust or I was gonna say have more also like on that note I think you and I have kind of talked about this and the reason that we were able to jump into doing as much together as we did and Chase as you're saying it it actually kind of takes being an individual creator first to figure out a lot of this information about yourself and I think one of the things that can seem scary often when you're a, when you identify as an individual creator. So something like this podcast, for example, right? The idea of bringing in someone else on an undefined time period um, with kind of no take backsies almost, right? It's hard to <laughs> enter into in a relationship where you're like, oh, I have a podcast host now. Mm, you know what? Actually, that's not really working out for me. I think I'm just going to take my baby back, right? Um, and so I think that there's a lot of value in kind of having your own number one brand voice, but also doing these kind of pockets of experiments where you give yourself permission to not only iterate on them if they're not working, but maybe change out. Like again, Rika isn't necessarily publishing for a newspaper, for example, where she has to have a co-collaborator that she picks every week or something. Um, 
having that ability to make it feel more organic that you don't have to be one or the other, right? It's actually really important that you have your own kind of brand voice. And one of the things that's really great for us about chaos is the fact that it's not a show. It's not, it doesn't have anything that's defined. So if I have a long rant that I want to go on and I want to record a video and post that on my own behalf and point back to something we had been talking about at chaos, we can do that. Um, if Rekha goes on a tirade of like some random side quest that I'm not on, like, (laughs) yeah, very likely love that for you. Um, so I I think it's important that again, we're just adding more tools to a creator's arsenal and not really taking any away. So this is just more, yeah, more things to play with, um, more experiments to be had, but I think each of them helps the others. And I think first and foremost, knowing why you're going to create what you're comfortable with and what you're trying to get out of creation is going to not only help you be a better partner to other people, but also um, not get stuck in situations where you don't feel comfortable about the direction that your own voice is taking you. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. And I kind of like, when I think about a lot of this stuff, I think ultimately, One of the interesting things about what you guys are doing, and I think one of the reasons that you're able to do it in the way that you are is because you're treating it very much as an experiment. And so it's been interesting watching you over the last couple of weeks. Like, I don't want to say add structure, but it does feel like you guys are finding your own structure and and you're sort of open sourcing that as you go. And I don't know, it kind of brings me back to this idea that people at companies and in governments and all of these things are in a sense co-creating just with a lot of pre-existing structures as opposed to creating your own from the ground up. And I think if you think about it that way, there is an, an interesting world in which like ownership in Web3 being programmable and sovereign gives us this ability to um, unlock this creativity that I think you guys are are exploring and also acknowledging that a lot of the world today, if you want to co-create, you need to buy into certain systems. It's very feasible that you'll also want to buy into individual systems in Web3. Like if you decide to scale chaos, it's likely that if you wanted to bring more people into your co-creation, um, there are probably going to be structures that you need in order to bring more people in so that it's not um, – for lack of a better term, chaos, but in a not good way, (laughs) Um, chaotic evil. And so I think there's like something interesting too about sort of acknowledging that like a lot of this, regardless of how much structure there is or um, around co-creation or who's involved or at what scale, ultimately comes down to the ability to choose and buy into whether or not you want to take place or take part in certain like co-creative processes and systems. And I think that's like a like freedom basically to decide who you want to collaborate with and on what terms feels really like an underlying sort of principle here. Yeah, that's a I good think point. That's fair. Autonomy. Yeah. <laughs> totally. We and and on that note, like I think for us, I think the three of us would probably agree that if we've kind of staked our careers on building in this ecosystem, we kind of believe that the future you just described is a bit of a foregone conclusion, or at least that's all what we're working towards. And so to your point, I think we're hyper aware of the fact that structures are being developed right now to make these types of interactions easier. And so we just want to make sure that we're not building tools that 
dictate a lot of the rules that will be enforced at later stages of this maturing industry, um, that they're, that they're based on real people's experiences and not just speculation of what people might do in the future. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. And and like a little bit of a tangible uh, point back to your, what you were saying, uh, or a little peek behind the curtain is that we already pivoted twice now (laughs) and it's only been five weeks since we've been doing this. So (laughs) it's a lot of the freedom that you're saying this, um, autonomy that we try to keep to ourselves and, it, you know, some, we did have conversations privately when it was like, okay, so this is a lot of work. Like we're burning out. (laughs) Creation's not a game. This is actual, like a full-time job and we already have full-time jobs. So we cannot do that this way. How can we double down and figure out what is our goal truly, and then create for that and find a way, a more effective way, which is what we're here for. And that's what we did once. And now we're doing it twice because we just realized we have kind of dropped our like core purpose, which is trying and abusing these tools and products and, and sharing this experience and finding, you know, the most efficient pathways. So we're pivoting again to focus on that because we've been <laughs> like, oh yeah, also let's produce some writing content and, you know, long videos and everything. So we've been a little bit scattered. So we did have a lot of private conversations about how we do need these structures, but the very good thing about them is that they're flexible and we can have this freedom to turn back and be like, okay, wait a second. So that what our goals were, we have to refocus on them and be way better at providing the value that we promised to the already existing like hundred people that are interested in what we're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Cause to your point, Chase, like I think one of the, like we talk a lot about ownership and what comes with that is responsibility, right? We can't complain. The two of us can't complain that we don't like the direction of chaos. Like, <laughs> we, it, what do you mean you don't like the direction? You set the direction, right? Mm. And so I think, um, yeah, having not only the, the autonomy to, but the rigor to continue to prioritize, making sure that what we're doing is for the right reasons, that we are getting something out of it, and that no one's going to come save us if we burn ourselves out is a healthy lesson. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, because what you're doing is like pretty meta, which like you're essentially pulling on two strings at the same time, which I would imagine makes it challenging to navigate because you're creating, you're basically doing this exploration of creator tools and you're putting yourself in the position of a creator by saying we're going to open source our exploration of creator tools, which is kind of interesting because that's like – I could see why that's a difficult dynamic to manage. Um, yeah, we're because it is quite content. meta. We're creating content about creating content. <laughs> right, exactly, which is like – it doesn't – you know, there are lots of people that do that, but it's definitely one of those things where – like even in this conversation, there there are sort of two interesting underlying threads that you're pulling on and it's both of those two pieces, which – I don't know. I'm I'm very curious to see how this evolves. I'm sure it will be chaotic in, in all of the best ways. I guess before we wrap up, I would love to hear a little prediction from both of you on um, what you think the future – this is so like cliche, but what you think the future of like creating um, in this like Web3, maybe I'll say enabled world will actually look like. 
Well, ironically, on the point that you made about the fact that we're pulling in two different directions here, I can't help but reiterate my personal vision for decentralized systems, which is kind of centralized digital identity. Um, again, in order to be able to co-create with other people or to be able to fluidly move if the atomic unit of Web3 is a person and not a chain or an asset or something else, you need to be able to resolve information back to yourself in order to port those around to different partnerships, different platforms, different communities. And so I think we need to focus on bringing more cohesive information and um, yeah, just like being able to prove more things about ourselves individually in order to make use of those in more digital spaces. So I'm really excited about that. Can you repeat the question? I got lost in LDF's answer. <laughs> All good. Um, what is your prediction for the future of what a Web3 enabled creator experience looks like or existence maybe even? I wish... Well, I see that it looks much more automated, much more connected, and a lot more conversational between the audience. It's less of a megaphone situation and more of a conversation mm -hmm. than what it is right now, which is not a bad thing that it is because some, you know, fan groups are great how they are. But I feel like Web3 will enable us to have a way different aspect of communities that we've never seen before and allow such small, tiny, tiny granular pieces in communities um, and audiences that will make it a safe space to make it a conversation. Like you don't mm. have to be afraid of harassment or, you know, all these types of things because people have proven through history and they're like what LDF is saying, this is kind of building off of that, like their identity, <laughs> that they're like normal people and they deserve to yeah. be there, obviously. And they not even have to pay to be there because mm. they're just interested and based on their merit. And I feel like that is what Web3 is giving and creation and the whole media aspects. Like we can talk about analytics and storage and, and ownership and everything, but I think what it comes down to is still the relationships and how mm -hmm. we form them. And I hope that's going to be more of a conversation and not, you know, just shouting into the void and hoping someone picks it up. When I think, just one quick last question, when I think about creators and conversations as opposed to megaphones, something that is <laughs> goofy that comes to mind is Elon Musk and his recent Twitter poll about whether or not he should hire someone as head of Twitter. So I will ask you both this question and you can provide justification or not. Um, would you consider Elon Musk a creator? Absolutely. Yeah. A very successful creator at the house. Yeah. He has 122 <laughs> million followers. Like everybody is <laughs> posting. And also he gets very high engagement and input from his community. He's asking, you know, he he's, has a responsive community. He has a responsive audience. It's a different question. The <laughs> benign or malignant nature yeah. of the whole thing. I would not get into that. But he is a very, very <laughs> successful creator. Plus one, I will plead the fifth on the good <laughs> and bad, but <laughs> effective, yes. 
I feel like that's the best place and probably the most chaotic place that we could close this out. So thank you both for coming on the show. This was so fun. Where can people learn more about the both of you and chaos? Uh, this is a little bit of a problematic setup because we, <laughs> we, we have our individual Twitters, which is for me is Reka.eth. For LDF, it's LDF underscore GM. Underscore GM. Um, and we do have our shared chaos thanks for the experiment, which is a substack for email updates, both for video and for our written things and our NFTs and memberships and all these types of stuff. And we have a YouTube channel, which is chaos is a public good. Um, where can we have the substack though? Do you have a link section? Yeah, I can add it in the show notes. Okay. So Substack <laughs> in the links, YouTube in the links, Chaos is a public good. And then we also have a guild where we collect all these different roles based on our little cohorts that we're doing every two weeks now, starting from next week, um, based on NFTs alpha. that are free on here. <laughs> yeah, alpha. Um, <laughs> where we arrange all the communications. So that will also be in the description we we know we need a chaotic personal website though so that <laughs> hopefully <laughs> no will more be link part trees allowed I know, that's seriously. in the works a chaotic <laughs> website's in the works <laughs> i love that well thank you both for coming on the show this was so fun thank you, thank you so much if you like what you heard please make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast i always forget to do this for podcast day like but it's actually super useful also, if anything resonated with you or if you want to continue the conversation, hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Chaser Chapman. I absolutely love talking about these things. Thanks again for listening.